We are so thankful for our children's ministries uh, starting back up. Remember, we do have Sunday school in the 10 o'clock hour. The kids are meeting in uh, aged groups, and we're so thankful for that. If you have a child or a grandchild or someone that you influence that you would like to be part of that program, please invite them to come along and be here. Um, that is a wonderful blessing for those that serve and also those that are served in that way. Of course, we do have our adult Bible fellowship groups that have started back up also during the 10 o'clock hour. Mike, come on up, friend. I'm going to talk about him for just a minute. Uh, so Mike Zeke uh, is a missionary, Mike and Sonia and their kids, Michaela and Sinjin, on the front lines of evangelism among the Hmong people. That might not mean a lot to you, but in just a moment you're going to meet some of the Hmong people and how their lives have been changed and how you, as part of Calvary Bible Church, have been a part of that. Um, it's a beautiful uh, few clips that we're going to see in video in just a few minutes I will explain for some people that are tuning in live over the radio, um, there's, I'm not sure if that's about seven minutes or so, where we have someone speaking in the Hmong language, and there are subtitles that we are seeing. So thank you, I'll say thank you for patience for all those that are listening over the radio, um, because you're gonna hear a foreign language for a little while, and I'm not gonna give it away uh, what you're going to hear, but there are some that have been praying for you that we're, we're gonna meet one of those today, and a few others, I won't steal your thunder anymore. But Mike and Sonia came all the way from Pennsylvania to give us an update, and they've been on the ground in Thailand and um, have a heart for people becoming Christians and churches and discipleship there. And they found a niche, if I can use that word niche, several years ago with these Audio 316 players. There's one on display at his table in the back. Please do look at that. And I'm going to talk at the end of our time at how you might, you might pray about being involved with that. But with that said, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and welcome to Calvary. We're going to shake hands just between you and me up here. And uh, welcome to Calvary. Okay, thank you. And let me turn my mic on first. Okay. Check. One, two. Okay, we are good. Sorry about that. So, yeah, it's exciting to be here other than a long drive. Um, we look forward to meeting you guys and seeing everyone again. Um, it's truly uh, wonderful to be here with everyone, uh, to reconnect with some old friends and you know, see new, some new faces. And so it's been, you know, just these past several years that we've been doing this ministry, these audio players have been just going like crazy, okay? We started this project, I think probably about the time you came here to Calvary, okay? So that was about the same time. And these little audio players contain about 350 hours. Okay, they're solar powered and they are distributed to the Hmong people in Southeast Asia. We have to date, we have 2,513 players out there, but the need is tremendous. Okay, and so we'll continue this ministry as long as God sees fit. And as long as the need is there, we'll continue to send these audio players to the people. And one of the reasons why these are so successful is because they fill a gap between those who become believers, okay, and those who want to mature in their faith. We've had a lot of believers over there probably about 25, 30 years now who are still like babes in Christ because they're not getting any strong biblical teachings. And so these audio players are drastically changing that for those who listen to them. And you're going to see some of the testimonies uh, from the video and just how much of an impact that these players uh, have become. We don't not, when we initially went over to Thailand for the first time, we were there for about seven years. We were trying to follow a traditional church planting model. Uh, but we have since seen that these audio players are so much more effective because there's no language barrier 
and there's no Western influence. And so anything that, anytime somebody listens to this and opens it up and starts listening to it, it's done by Hmong people, all in a Hmong language. I myself prepare some of the material for the players, it gets translated, and then it gets taught by a Hmong in the Hmong way. And so it's just a great little tool where it can go to places where we can't have access to, especially up in the mountains, high mountains of Laos and Vietnam, uh, where we're waiting to send a bunch more players in. And so God willing, we'll continue with this ministry. But for now, we are going to show the video, and uh, I hope you appreciate what you see. Although methods change, the goal and purpose of our ministry to the Hmong has always been the same. It is a ministry focused on glorifying God through the evangelization of non-believers with the gospel and equipping believers with the knowledge necessary so that they can become fully developed, authentic, evangelistic disciples of Jesus Christ. Project 316 was born out of a desire to make the most effective and beneficial impact in the lives of the Hmong. Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Myanmar, and China are home to millions of Hmong, but only a small percentage of believers. And what do they need most? Solid, biblical, life-changing teachings from the Word of God. It wasn't long ago that after we first started to distribute these solar power audio players to the Hmong throughout Southeast Asia, that we started to see the potential impact that these players were having. With the amount of teachings that the Hmong now have via the audio players, we believe that many of the Hmong for the first time will be getting much of the foundational teachings that all believers need to have. But don't take my word for it. In our last video, you heard of the testimonies from three Hmong believers and what they thought of the players. Now, let us listen to still more and see what they have to say. ตำลุงเทียตัดจัลลาจีตัยหญิงเทียเลยขอมือจีจองหญิงที่ปอลอเลยตำลุงเลยแก่เชียเทียอวดกอลเลยชั้นทุกปีอยู่อ่ะมั
Okay, we'll give you more information and details on the back table after the service. So, um, anyway, uh, Pastor Jeremy asked uh, if I can bring God's Word to us this morning, and so hopefully I'll be able to do that. I got some of my nerves out from the first uh, <laughs> service, so it shouldn't be that bad. Uh, so anyway, before we get started, let's just uh, briefly open up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the honor and privilege of being here today. We thank you for your grace and for the fellowship we have among believers. And we just continue to pray that you'll just uh, use us, prepare us, equip us uh, to be more effective um, disciples for you. And that uh, through this time that you'll just speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Now, in the video that we just saw, I uh, ended with a question. Okay. I said, would you like to make an eternal, eternal impact for the life or for the body of Christ? Okay, making an impact for eternity is what we as believers should always be focused on. But unfortunately today, I see many believers get caught up in a lot of the daily things and we just lose our focus a lot of times and we get very comfortable in the state in which we are living today. But in the scriptures, it, we're called to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 21, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And here's the key verse. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. And then we see in Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, he emphasizes the same thing. He says, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, aside from the fact that we oftentimes neglect our responsibilities of being a witness for Christ, when it comes to preaching the gospel and making disciples, we like to come up with as many excuses as we can so that we don't really have to get involved in these things. For example, in sharing the gospel, okay, although we, we know better, okay, many of us like to think that it is primarily up to those who are within leadership positions of the local church. There have been many times where I've heard stories that someone will, who is a believer will say to a non-believer, hey, you want to hear about more about the gospel and everything? You know, I'm not going to really, I'm not good at sharing the gospel, so I'm going to take you, or we'll take you to church, and then we'll introduce you to the experts that are there. Okay, we'll let them share the gospel with you. Okay, and this mentality has come in large part because we have professionalized ministry. Okay, we professionalized ministry. And so we think, a lot of times too, we think, well, you know what, I'm here every week, I put money in the offering plate, that goes to help support some of the leadership and the staff there, so we're off the hook. Our job is only to get someone through the door, and then we're done, okay? Now this mindset also leads us to point number two, which is that we also don't get involved with sharing the gospel because we are afraid to do so. How many would agree that sharing your faith isn't the most is a fearful thing, okay? You would agree, right? It's hard sometimes, especially because we are afraid of either being rejected or that we think that we cannot do a good enough job. Now, the interesting thing about this 
statement is that we can't do a good job is because you know, ironically this comes usually from believers who have been in the faith for years and it seems like the more we grow in our faith we think we do the less we really do know but then we think we're not adequate to share the gospel with others um, but it's also a startling and shocking statistic that um, and this is a, I should say sad statistic is that only within the body of Christ one to two percent of believers share the gospel on a regular basis okay and again within the, the uh, Christian conservative churches it's probably about one percent or less um, you know so we have a lot of work to do obviously okay and so I encourage you guys to get some boldness and do that for Jesus Christ now you would think however okay so sharing the gospel can be hard can be intimidating but then what about making disciples okay you think maybe maybe making disciples shouldn't be that difficult right after all I just noticed you know most believers are afraid to share Christ but then the question I have is why then is the local church and I'm talking about Christianity in general okay why is it that the local church is usually filled up with believers who have been immature in their faith for years okay this is definitely the case with the monk church that we work in in Lancaster County Pennsylvania they are very into their traditions and even when you talk to some of them they're like yeah I'll just do the Sunday morning thing and I'll come to church but you ask me to go in deep into the Word of God and, and to do that that's not me I'm not gonna do that um, so you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big concern that we have with the monk community, which we work with over in Lancaster County. Now, one reason is um, why believers also been mature in faith is because we tend to see an excitement. Um, lose my place. Okay, so one reason is, is although there is an excitement when we see someone come to know Christ, we usually also don't get involved in the discipleship making process. Okay, because it can be very slow and in our minds, very uneventful. This is made clear in regards to any type of cross-cultural ministry, which is why I'm bringing the point up. Okay, we think that unless people are coming to Christ on a regular basis, a particular ministry is effective. Okay, a lot of times mission agencies will get together and they'll decide who we're going to support, and they look at, oh, well, how many people are coming to know Christ? Okay, and there's only a few that come to know Christ for you. We're like, ah, you know what? We're going to skip this and go to something else. Okay, so we do get excited about that and that's a good thing to do but then we look at the process of making disciples you know we think well that just isn't is as exciting now hopefully though with the testimonies that you just saw in the video that kind of has changed your thinking a little bit okay the testimonies that I have is just a sampling of recordings that I have been recording over the years and we saw one in adult Bible fellowship with some more and so those testimonies, when I hear what's going on with the audio player projects, okay, that is what drives me to do what I do. I absolutely <clears throat> love making disciples. And so if you give me a new believer, okay, a disciple, that to me is like one of the greatest blessings that I could ever have in my life. Okay, absolutely love the chance to do that. Now another significant reason as to why we sometimes become complacent in our faith is because we don't really face any significant persecution. Okay, now don't get me wrong, I'm not praying for persecution. But I find it interesting is that, what I find interesting is that in most places where there is more persecution taking place, what happens? The church grows faster and stronger, right? How many would agree with that? You still with me? Okay. So in America, however, we have this thing called easy believism. Okay, it's not hard to be a Christian in the United States, by far. 
Um, and, but this mentality, or to, to be a believer outside of the United States, particularly in persecuted areas of the world, is, is very difficult. And so the believers in those situations take their faith much more seriously. And they have a bigger desire to mature in their faith. So they do value anything they can get their hands on in order to help them grow. Which again is why Project 316 audio players have been so beneficial within the Hmong community. Okay, in which we work with. The Hmong, particularly in Laos and Vietnam and China, over those uh, countries, persecution runs rampant. And as an example of this, I want you to listen to a testimony from a Vietnamese Hmong believer. Uh, his name is Sihu Shong. And in a letter he wrote this, he said, I have served the Lord for nine years now, always under persecution. All of the believers in our village have faced persecution. The local government forced us to leave our village and so we have moved to different places. But the authorities have told the other local authorities about us and we continue to be persecuted. On January 17, 2002, the Vietnam Army gave me and other believers an injection which almost killed me. Everyone who got sick had chest pains and severe pains in their forehead. Our legs were cold and numb and it felt like our blood was not going through our body. I am a person the authorities really hate because I am teaching others to leave the church and I take Christian materials to the believers. It could be that someone informed the authorities about my work, I do not know. When the authorities ask me about what I am doing, I remain silent, so they persecute me. In 2001, the government made a law to be implemented by the local authorities, and this law was specifically geared towards the Hmong. If any Hmong becomes a believer in Jesus Christ, he is to be persecuted. And they do not want foreigners to know about this policy. Right now, they severely persecute us Hmong who live in the mountains, and right now I do not have a secure place to live. I don't know what to do. I want to flee to another place, but I cannot leave the believers, the believers behind. And I am also a very poor man and also don't have any money to flee. About two years ago, in the past newsletter, I mentioned that I had, uh, that we had 40 audio players that were going to be distributed, distributed up in a northern Hmong village, the same area where this gentleman was from. And what we did was, um, we decided to send the audio players on a bus which uh, it via the, the postal service, which is very common uh, in Southeast Asia. We'll just put the whole package on the bus and then we'll be taken to the next post office. But upon arriving at the bus station, unfortunately, the package was opened and inspected by police. Okay, there's no privacy over there. Um, and when they saw the audio players, they did not like what they found. And so they ended up contacting our ministry team partner who had his address on the package Okay, unfortunately, by God's grace, he actually owned a business selling computers and electronics. So he was able to work himself out of the situation. But they put him on a watch list. And so now, today, we don't send any of the audio players via the uh, postal service. <clears throat> so for me, you know, to have him be, be put in that situation, that I take very personally. Because the gentleman who was involved in doing that, and still helps us to this day, okay, he's doing this all out of volunteer you know, work. He's not doing it because he has to, and I'm not paying for him, paying him to do any of this. So he's just taking it upon himself and uh, getting those players out to whoever needs them. So I myself take persecution very seriously because I can see that the ministry that we have ends up putting other people in danger. Um, I do have other stories. We talked some about some of these other stories in the Adult Bible Fellowship. Um, but one of the things that the Hmong are kind of taken back by is the fact that we 
believers here in America, we, when we think of persecution, we're like shocked. Why, why, is it, why would this happen to us? Okay, why is there even persecution taking place? In 2 Timothy 3, 12, uh, Timothy gives us one reason. He says, in fact, everyone who lives a godly life will be persecuted, or who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. And then Jesus himself said in John 15, 20, he said, remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will what? Persecute you also. Open Doors, a ministry that does statistics and such, estimates that there are 260 million Christians who fit under the umbrella of the persecuted church. Okay, so if you put that in perspective, it's essentially one believer out of every 12 is being persecuted. Um, so, and we know as time goes on, and we get closer and closer to the Lord's return, things are going to change, right? And the numbers, no doubt, will increase. So, the Hmong and other believers who are being persecuted around the world don't see why we should consider persecution an anomaly. And even though they would rather not go through it, they do it out of a love for God, not for themselves. Okay. Turn with uh, me with your, uh, in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8 real quickly. Acts chapter 8. Now prior to the few verses that we will be reading, chapter 7 records a man by the name of Stephen, who ended up being like a, a deacon, basically, in the church at that time. And in chapter 7, Stephen records an apologetic discourse against the leaders of Judaism and gives a good, uh, good summary of the Old Testament. So if you have time to read that, I encourage you to do that. In Acts 6-5, before we get to chapter 8, it says that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he was pretty much well known within the uh, community. And for him to give an awesome testimony like that, you can read that in chapter 7 and see what happens. Because we know, obviously, um, after he explained the gospel to them, the people wanted to stone him to death. Okay? But look with me at Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, and this is immediately after Stephen was stoned to death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all the apostles, or all except the apostles, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to uh, destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Now notice again in verse 3, Okay, it says that Saul began ravaging the church. Okay, he was literally tearing the church apart and going from house to house and dragging off men and women and throwing them into prison. And so there was a great persecution that broke out against the church that day. And again, in verse 1, it mentions that all were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Now, this was a good thing that actually ended up happening because you see in verse 4, it says those who have been scattered started to preach the word wherever they went. And so God used what was meant for bad, used it for good. So, again, I'm not praying for persecution, okay? Um, but as we get closer and closer to the Lord's return, we are going to be facing persecution. I believe that, okay? And things are getting, the events of the scriptures and what they're saying, and we're getting closer and closer to the Lord's return. And so with that comes more persecution. Uh, so whether or not it does come, okay? Uh, hopefully that I'm motivating you to get involved in looking for opportunities to share the gospel and also get involved in making disciples. 
in Ephesians 2 10 we're all familiar with Ephesians 2 8 9 right for by grace you've been saved through faith it's not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works so that no one can boast but then in verse 10 it says we are created or we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do so in conclusion okay by looking at that verse Anyone who is not involved in doing ministry in some form or another, whether it's the official capacity, whether it's in a professional capacity, okay, it's, it's not consistent with the Christian life. Believers, as Christians, we are called to serve. And I know there's a lot of people that serve in this ministry, what Jeremy was mentioning this morning already, but there still may be a big chunk of you that don't really get actively involved, unless it's very convenient to do so. So I'm challenging you this morning to take up your, you know, take up your time and take up your cross and do whatever it takes to start sharing the gospel with people who need to hear it. Be a testimony, make disciples, um, get involved in the lives of people. Okay, if the Lord's coming back soon, we should be all the more eager to be doing these things. And so, you know, if you're, it's it's inconsistent again to see that a Christian who is not serving is inconsistent. Okay, and if you want to find places where you can minister to. Ask Pastor Jeremy. Okay, there's plenty of opportunities. Okay, there could be places outside the local church. So I would encourage you guys to do that. Get motivated into serving Christ. And let the Hmong people be an example and a testimony to you. That if they're willing to take their, put their lives on the line, we certainly can do that here in the U.S. And be a good testimony for them. So God bless everyone. Thank you very much uh, for this time. So, let me uh, point out just a few things. Let me point out a few things before we ask you to pray. Um, in the video clips, three pictures that are so vivid in my mind. I hope you were able to see them. If you were not, I'm going to turn them into prayer items. The first individual praying gave that picture of someone working in the field with one of these audio players around their neck, playing from morning until night. I'm not sure if you caught that or not. Playing from, from morning till night. That's what these do. These are people that... Um, we cannot take the gospel openly into these countries. If a missionary tries to go in, they can't get in. They're turned away. People are put on flag lists, things like that. This is the gospel clearly in these audio players. This is the full Bible. This is Bible teaching that is similar to like a two-year Bible Institute degree from what I understand, as well as some music. Um, the second person that spoke talked about how when she turned to God, her family hated her. And she still chose to follow God. Um, one in 12 persecuted. Uh, my wife whispered it should be more. And really it should. But for people that lose their families because of turning to God, that's an item for prayer for us when we send these players over as a church and as individuals. And then the last gentleman mentioned you guys. Did you catch that? I am praying for all of those of you who are part of this project to send the players over here. It just—he's he, praying for you and me. You're part of that, and I want us to take time to reverse that this morning and pray. So let's have heads bowed and eyes closed. While the piano plays here, I want to give you a chance. Whatever God has laid on your heart today, take a moment to talk to the Lord.